seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on video nasty? Oh, you've seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. Hello there and welcome to the Video Nasties podcast. My name's Christopher Brown. Deaf Weekend, also known as The House by the Lake, from 1976, marks an attempt by the director, uh, William Fruitt, to kind of break in properly into the Canadian film industry. He had been doing okay. He wrote the script for Going Down the Road and Slipstream, both of which had Done, done well and won awards, and he directed um, the uh, quite celebrated um, Prairie Life Depression film, uh, Wedding in White. However, by the mid-70s, he'd kind of found himself stuck in a bit of a rut and was making uh, CBC dramas, you know, movie of the weeks, that kind of thing. And he was looking at a way to break back into the world of Canadian film proper. Now, Film in in uh, in Canada at the time was booming, mainly due to tax breaks. Something we touched on before when we were speaking about um, Cronenberg's Rabbit, who you know Dave Cronenberg obviously did very well, kind of creating quite interesting and unusual horror films, uh, using the money from from the industry. And Ivan Reitman and uh, John Charmady had already done well as producers, releasing Cronenberg Shivers through Sunny Picks when they approached through it and said do you uh, you know should let's, let's make a movie what he actually came up with was something quite different to probably what people were expecting Death Weekend a rural revenge film kind of in the mould perhaps of Straw Dogs and um, this exploitation film kind of went on to uh, to do well Um not necessarily as a as a, a you know award winning, but uh, but something that sat very very closely and quite well as a double bill with Last House on the left. This man and this woman are off to play house for a couple of days. He's a wealthy bachelor. She's a beautiful model. They're looking forward to a terrific time. The only trouble is, they're going to spend it in the house by the lake. A 200-year-old mansion surrounded by acres of woods and crystal blue water. An isolated hideaway, miles from anywhere and anyone. But that's where the beauty ends and the nightmare begins. The house by the lake. A house of secrets, a house of evil, a house of pain, a house of death. My God, what's happening? The house by the lake, inhabited by a power that enslaves all who enter and drives them to acts of unspeakable horror. 
house by the lake. Grand prize winner at the International Terror Film Festival. Starring Brenda Vaccaro and Don Stroud. A film scene you'll run from the theater in fright. The House by the Lake. So yeah, so so Death Weekend, um, low budget, shot in rural Canada and a studio in Ontario. Um, it is set over a day. It's Thanksgiving time. Um, Diane, played by Brenda Vaccaro, uh, is like a was a, a fashion model, and she meets Harry, who is a dentist and a bit of a wanker, played by uh, Chuck Shimata. Uh, so he's this dentist and he's uh, a bit, bit, you know, he's a bit of a ladies man. He uses money and his influence is power. And he's very uh, cynical. And, uh, you know, he hides behind his cash. He's, he lacks confidence. And he basically just wants to bang this, uh, this, 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 this former model. So before they even get to this cabin in the, in the, by the lake, um, it's not a cabin, it's a big house. I mean, it's a massive, Mock Tudor house, it's huge, but um, he um, they kind of well, she she takes over and drives, and they get into a bit of a drag race for a gang of uh, local punks, shall we say? And not punks, like you know, as in damn you, punk, rather than you know, the, the, the fashion, <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're bad lads, they're, they're, they're drunk, and they're in a Camaro, and they're led by uh, Lep, who's played by the Don Stroud. It all goes into a massive road rage incident. Anyway, Diane is very handy with a car. Um, so she is, uh, she, she, she knows how to fix motors and she knows how to drive them fast. And she basically humiliates the, 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 this gang of lads. They get to the lake and it becomes clear that although Diane had been promised a, a, an extravagant, uh, you know, Thanksgiving party, lots of people, it's going to be really cool and lovely. That was not how Harry saw that night, that at the time. In fact, the, uh, the, 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 the claims of a party was just a ruse to get her to, to, to come. And what he wanted to do was, um, well, fuck her. So he, um, he arrives, they kind of, they go to the lake. He, um, has some two-way mirrors because he's a real creep. Uh, you know, take some pictures of her having a shower, and then um, and it becomes clear that you know he has uh, he's just there to kind of try and you know ride her. She freaks out, kind of says, "I want to get off." Meanwhile, these four folks have worked out where this couple are and have come in. The film flips into a home invasion, rape revenge type film with um, Diane. Uh, very, very forcefully being, being, you know, ready to, to defend herself. And it, Harry completely out of his depth, unable to save himself from, um, from a gang of lads. You know, the, this is the, the classic thing where, you know, your money's nice, but it's no good here. When in fact, what I really want to do is fuck you up. And that's certainly the case here. He's kind of, he's, a, he's, he's fucking screwed. And, um, and he, and he knows it. Um, so then we get a numerous, Kind of, you know, the, the the lads are getting um increasingly boisterous, uh out of control. Um we get into, you know, guns start coming out and then things kind of become increasingly uh revengey as 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 the tables are, are, are turned in the third act. Um fairly standard stuff I'd say you you could argue. What I would say is that Death Weekend does benefit 
from some um some strong work from uh Brenda Vaccaro who um manages to um imbibe her 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 character of Diane. She's a strong woman, you know. Um she's surrounded by just fucking horrendous mad for the entire film. Um you know, um whether it be these these thugs who wanna, you know, just um destroy and they do quite quite convincingly in the house quite a lot. This dentist who wants to just take advantage and, and uses money and his power and his influence that comes from that kind of money as a shield. Um she is considerably better person, more rounded uh, character uh, than, than than all of them, and I think that is a very deliberate decision by our director and writer Willem Fruitt. Vaccaro, I mean, obviously had if you don't know, had been is you know was award nominated where she um, she'd been nominated for Golden Globes for uh, Midnight Cowboy when she played Shirley, and. Um, and she got nominated for uh, an Academy Award for uh, Best Supporting Actress for Once Is Not Enough a couple of years earlier. Um, and it also had, you know, Emmys uh, for, uh, sorry, yeah, uh, primetime Emmys for, for various films as well, for various TV shows, including a uh, an appearance in uh, The Golden Girls in 1990, playing Angela. And that's probably not that surprising because through it had done a lot already so he knew what he was doing so even though this is relatively early on in his career he goes on to make all sorts of stuff including episodes of like you know the the, the outer limits from you know the, the the revamp from it from the 90s um various tv shows he does you know eight episodes of the 1980s war of the world alfred hitchcock presents and while certainly he is um you know in the seventies and, and and early eighties, certainly known as a you know an exploitation filmmaker, he makes Trapped, Spasms, which is the Ollie Reed film and Peter Fonda movie from from the early eighties. He makes Bedroom Eyes from eighty four, which is an erotic thriller, and he makes Killer Party, which is a comedy slasher movie from eighty six. You know he's able to imbibe quite a considerable amount of skill into what is you know a routine what appears to be on the surface anyway a routine uh, home invasion revenge flick and obviously we've already spoken about Ivan Reitman and when we spoke about um, Rabbit as a producer you know he's currently milking the Canadian film industry for tax at this point for, for tax benefits to kind of make the most money and make you know kind of really boost the the, the Canada film industry but uh, you know he then goes on obviously to direct films like Meatballs, Stripes, Ghostbusters, Twins, Junior and uh, obviously produces films like Animal House and Space Jam but all that's in uh, in Ivan's future at this point. Anyway, the Canadian film critics, it's fair to say, were not particularly overly fond of Death Weekend. Um, in the same way they were not particularly uh, forgiven of um, a lot of Cronenberg's output at this point, kind of seen it as being quite trashy. This feels, you know, their, their reviews, perhaps unsurprisingly, are suggestions that um, what through it had done at this point is kind of, you know, turn his back on more more clever, cerebral fare and kind of gone straight for the old, um, more offensive kind of, you know, shock stuff, which, uh, you know, belittling the, the, the industry. 
Anyway, Reitman saw great opportunity, however, and managed to get it uh, distributed on the drive-in circuit through American International Pictures. And it, it got a release stateside and was retitled The House by the Lake, uh, which made it a perfect pairing for The Last House on the Left, which must have been quite a grueling experience. That's, you know, that's a lot of rape and revenge. Um, and while perhaps this is um, slightly, you know, although intelligent, you know, in terms of, of what happens to, to Brenda and, and, you know, and this kind of, you know, the, this this theme of how toxic masculinity uh, is evidenced by the time you get round to Last House and just, you know, eye water and grimness i can imagine a lot of people were quite exhausted by the experience the film kind of becomes infamous in a way therefore that because it is kind of seen as like a, a sharp end exploitation film um rather than something you know a lot softer um, um but but what it had what it ended up being was kind of slipping into obscurity to a point it's um it hadn't had a good release. So um, in terms of what happened from from, from a release point of view, it was released uh, from through restaurant video under the title we're talking about it today is Death Weekend, although it's already um, kind of been released on in the US at House, House by the Lake uh, and hadn't got like a DVD release in America really until very recently. Um, so it was released Uncut in Sweden in 2017. And uh, there's now a Blu-ray of it from from Germany as well, um, and you can get it on. Uh, I think you can get it on Amazon Prime in America, but not in the UK. But there are, you know, it's not a hard release to get hold of anymore. Um, if you want to see it in a in a in a as good as quality, you're probably ever going to see this film. To be fair, so the US and Canadian VHS releases, including that Vestron release that I've already said, were actually edited. So they were cut down just to kind of reduce some of the scene of the rape and also um the uh, the probably the, the strongest gore scene in the film where one of the characters throats are slashed um at the time the french canadian bronzali and the spanish vhs releases were, were released uncut and of course it's dvd and blu-ray are both uncut now in the uk it's surprising therefore that the um the response was a little uh, a little better to be honest with you so Although it kind of uh, some of the reviews, including the August Bulletin, had called it an appalling orgy of destruction, the film was actually passed relatively uncut. Um, Brenda Vaccaro had actually gone to the censors to kind of say this film is important; it needs a certificate. It's not misogynistic. Um, and some of the female examiners of the board described the film's violence as acceptable, even justifiable. And only one cut, therefore, was made to the word cunt, which was removed, um, which puts it in a better position than that, that video release that we, we've already had. Supposedly uh, based on a true story, taken from a newspaper in, te- for, in terms of a dentist whose home had been invaded by thugs. He had angered. Perhaps that's as far as that kind of com- um, connection goes. Probably just as well, in fairness, because of what, my God, could you imagine? But... Um, so the film kind of does ground itself in exploitation and um but at the same time as we said um kind of there is more to it um than perhaps um you would initially think and indeed uh through it says that this rose attack opening was based on an actual event he was involved with he and a friend once you're driving back roads in alberta 
when they're harassed by a carload of drunken folks that try to wreck them. And that kind of drove him to write Death Weekend. It'd been written earlier, several years earlier, but because of Straw Dogs in 71, um, through it to kind of put it on the back burner initially with a view that he would kind of return to it in the future if possible. And indeed, that's what he did. Um, what he didn't want was the film to be um, seen as um, an imitation or a ripoff of Peckinpah's kind of like, you know, seminal movie for that for this kind of you know backwards revenge flick kind of film what it does do i suppose is kind of step away from the sleaziness yes it's a rape revenge film yes there's some some grisly scenes in it but the film itself it does not feel like that the camera doesn't get right in there it's um it lets the violence play out and it is really in truth probably because of for its um concentration as a you know early doors as a screenwriter that uh, is far more character-based and, and, and dialogue-based than a film like this normally would be expected to be. And so even though it had kind of um, slipped a bit into obscurity, obviously now it's a little bit better in terms of of that, it did have a cult following, certainly because of some of the names behind it, the cast, and uh, and again, this kind of, you know, the fact it's better than most, if, if I'm being honest. And it does kind of fit that kind of sweet spot of being surprisingly better than most, kind of delivering the things you kind of expect from a film like this, but also being quite obscure, which is kind of perfect for cult status, you know? So I'd say definitely we're, we're seeking out if you if you get a chance. Well, this is it. How do you like it? Well, which is my rule for many. <clears throat> Let me show you this one. Oh, my... Anyway, thanks very much for listening. If you want to get hold of me, please do. My email address is videonassispodcast at gmail.com. Get me at uh, Twitter at, at orange underscore monkey, or you can go to any of the websites, lasthorrorpodcast.com or videonassispodcast.com and leave a message on there. Yeah, so thanks very much. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about The Headless Eyes, uh, which is an early 70s American exploitation film, nice and tight and... Uh, Good, <laughs> good, good fun. Uh, you know exactly what you you want these kind of serial killer horror films to be, um, and ties quite nicely with um, another video nasty, uh, the ghastly ones, because this is the other film on that double bill. So that was uh, Blood Rights back in the day when we were talking about um, Andrew Milligan. Um, so yeah, there's all that stuff and. Um, Coming up in a few, well, soon I'm recording it tomorrow. There's going to be another Sleazy's Queens podcast as well. So um, if you get a chance, seek that out. And um, where I'll be talking about, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't announce it, should I? I'll, I'll announce it when it's out. Um, but uh, but I need to need to get onto <laughs> get ready for that for that record as well. Anyway, so take care, and I will speak to you soon. Goodbye. <laughs> seen a video nasty i wouldn't i have far too much how, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, you've never seen one i actually don't need to see visually what i know is in that film